the sovereignty of God. The very sovereignty of God, the fear of the Lord God. This is another word, another phrase that has continually burned in my soul. How about you? Just literally burned in my soul. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Everything. And I made this comment, and I still mean it. I mean it to the very core of who I am, that, that if nothing has changed in you in the past 57 days, if you're not a different person, then you need another 57 days. You need another 57 days alone with God. Because whether, whether whoever you want to blame about how this happened, who did it, all these different things. We, we, can, we can look for all these scapegoats. I know that there's a reality to all of that. But the reality is, how did you meet God in the midst of this quarantine time? Maybe you need another 57 days. Because the whole point was to literally transform and awaken his church because of the things that are right before us. Because this is a new day. You've been hearing about this. This is a new era. And so the things and the lifestyle and the way that we have lived, even the way that we have worshipped, not that it was bad, but here we're stepping into a whole new place. And so this time of quarantine is just, I mean, these words have just burned in my soul. Mercy and comfort. Mercy and comfort is another, uh, another part of those words that, that the Lord had just spoken to me and just kind of just burned within me. A whole new dimension of understanding His mercy. The sure mercies of David. What does that mean? The comfort of God in the very midst of this thing. This, this whole COVID-19. I know we have guidelines. I know we have all these different things. But to the point to where you're, we're not allowing the very fear to grip us or even to be a Christian out in the midst of, of COVID-19. When someone needs prayer, when someone needs uh, uh, just something from God, did it stop us from doing that? Did it stop us from reaching out in the midst of all these different kinds of things? And believe me, I, I've heard enough of the social distancing. And so these words have just been ingrained in my soul, and, and I don't want to come back the same. Another word was that great separation, that great time of separation. I believe that, once again, this is a great time of separation where God is separating the sheep from the goats. There's a, a, a many people that would like to stay on the fence and would, would like to stay lukewarm in essence. And God says, no longer. No longer will he accept the lukewarm lifestyle. No longer will he even accept the lukewarm teaching. No longer will he accept the lukewarm facets of, uh, of our Christianity because there is a great uncovering, okay? And God is going to uncover those ones that are sheep, those ones that are his, and those ones that are goats. And even within the, 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 the realms of the church and in your everyday service and, and friends that maybe you have had for years, that have kind of just walked the fence to no longer be. God is, is, is creating a separation that's happening within the body of Christ. I believe that with all my heart. 
And there was a word, I'm sure that many of you have heard this, and it was a word I, I said before that, that I really didn't like the word when they first said it, and it's the word reset. But as time continued, I began to see how that God was in essence resetting many things within the church body because you have to understand that before judgment goes out anywhere, he first judges the house of God, his own house. Wouldn't that be something if God released judgment in other places and say, hey, what about your house? God created that whole scenario. And yet God's been doing this thing, and these are words that have been so pronounced in our time of quarantine. And church, listen to me. Look at me for just a moment. If, if there are words that God has spoken to you during this time of quarantine and that God has burned in your soul, please don't forget them and don't let them go. Because you're going to need them for the next five years, for the next two years, for the next year that's coming forth. Because the nation that you're looking at is going to be very different. And God is going to need those bright ones in the earth. He is, he's going to need those bright ones in the earth. And I believe that even this time of quarantine has really just engulfed many in the flame of God. Many people in the flame of God to encourage you, to strengthen you, to even take you to a, a next higher place of maturity than you've ever been before. And so one particular scripture that, that once again, I'm just going to highlight this. I have to highlight this. And the reason why I'm doing this is because as we begin to gather once again, you do not forget the past four months. These past four months are to propel you into whatever God has here in the near future and in the distant future. This has been that dividing line. Some of you, have, we've been talking about a threshold. Where is that threshold of stepping into the third day or the new day or the new era? Well, literally, literally, you have crossed the threshold. In time, in God's timing, you have crossed Cross that threshold. So go ahead and turn with me to Haggai chapter 2. This is one of those scriptures that I'm going to want you to kind of highlight in your Bible. You highlight Hag Haggai chapter 2, verses 5 through 9. And I want you to write in your Bible, if you write in your Bible, I hope you do, or maybe you can just put a little note there. I want you to put... Uh, COVID-19 next to it somewhere. And you'll remember what year that was. You'll never forget it. You will never forget it. I didn't have you do this last time, but I want you to do it now. So Haggai chapter 2, verses 5 through 9. Verse 5, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts once more, it is a little while. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to, come to who? They shall come to the desire of all nations. Who is that? Come on, church. Two people know that. Who is the desire of all nations? Jesus. Jesus. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, the Lord, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater in the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Aren't you? Doesn't that excite you to know that, that the glory 
uh, of the latter house shall be greater than the... Come on. I, I mean, you've got to be excited about that. You've got to be excited that, that what God is doing in the end time and, and his temple and what that's going to look like is going to look so much grander and so much more powerful, more, more wonderful. And so I'm going to read that to you, uh, a portion of it, out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 through 29. I'm going to let you turn there for just a moment because I also want you to just put a little tab there by this one. COVID-19. The point of that is so that you can see that all that can be shaken shall be shaken. So the apostle here said in verse 25, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if he did not escape who refused him, <clears throat> for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on the earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Verse 26. Though whose voice then shook the earth, but now has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now, during this time of the quarantine, COVID-19, and, and going forward, how many of you saw some things on the inside of you that should not remain? Come on. you got to be honest with yourself. I'm telling you, this whole thing shifted my whole prayer life. Shifted everything. Allowed me to see things that I'd never seen before. And so those things that are shaken, I, I can't stress this enough. I can't stress this enough because I see this preparation in the body of Christ happening. I see God, in essence, kind of beautifying his, his, his bride, in essence. And here God is doing this thing in the body of Christ, and, and especially in times like this. Well, let me give you this, this tidbit. 2000, 2011? 2000, 2011. How many of you remember the, the housing bubble? Remember that? I'm not going to ask you how many lost your homes in the housing bubble, but we lost our home, okay? And, uh, and it was the first time, in essence, when that, something like that had happened to us, and it was the first time that we had ever lost everything, everything. We lost our home, investment homes, money, everything in the bag. And, and I can't, when you have to take, when, when you come out of a 3,000-square-foot home with, with three bathrooms and, and everybody having their own restroom, and then having to move in a 1,300-square-foot in a home with only one restroom in the basement, okay, with no walls, ju just, just your exterior walls, with three teenage girls, a happy wife, not so happy at the time. It was absolutely like, it was life-shattering. It really was. But here was that time, here was that season where, where this, this wrecked so many people in America. Not just America, but in other places. And, and it totally transformed us. But we saw so many things. I saw so many things inside of myself. And, and even as hard as it was, I said, God, I want to see everything. I want to be an open book. And we saw God do so many things during that time. But man, was it ever a stripping. You, you want to talk about a stripping? That was a stripping. But I will tell you this. Had I not been... 
through the housing bu bubble back in 2011, I would not have, I, I, would, I would have seen this so much more different. It was as if God had already prepared us for this kind of time that was coming. Amen? And I'm only saying that to say this, that this time that you have encountered, these 57 days of being quarantined, God will design it in a way to where it shifts you. It allows you to see things about yourself. It allows you to make the choice that I'm going to lay these things at the altar. Every idol that I have, I lay it before you. Because all those things, everything that can be shaken, have literally become shaken in there. So that all that remains is the thing that God is doing in your very midst. Is the thing that God is doing inside of you. The goodness of God, the purity of his character becomes your character, and that is what remains. And so these scriptures here is just, just they just, uh, they're just burned into my soul because this is that time. And so I want you to remember this. I want these words to be on your heart. I want these scriptures to be on your heart because this will never leave you. As long as you continue to live, as God gives you breath to live, what's happening today is meant to shift you, is meant to shape you in such a special and powerful way. The last part of that is verse 28. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace. Now, see, this is, this is another one of those parts that I have to just kind of smush into you a little bit. Smush into you. You're part of the kingdom of God. But... The portion of the kingdom that you may operate in might be 10%. Think about that. The portion of the kingdom that you might actually walk in, it's, it's almost like that thing of like, uh, you know, we have this wide, big old grapefruit of a brain, melon head. Well, I don't know how big it is, but, but they say that we only use a very small percentage of our brain. It, you know, when it relates to the kingdom, there's... There's only so much faith that we walk in, and really we become our own limitation. We become our own limitation when it comes to the kingdom, and, and so I, I want this to be settled down deep on the inside of you because you are still receiving a kingdom. And how much of that kingdom that you walk in, that you pronounce, that you, that, that you live out is up to you? You understand that? This is why times like this are absolutely so necessary. Because if in your lifestyle that maybe you have only walked in maybe 10% of the kingdom, and the kingdom is infinite, so it's kind of, kind of odd for me to use some kind of percentage because it's just infinite. But if we have only walked in one aspect of the kingdom, how much more is available to you? How much more is, is there for you to grasp? Because the word right there says, it says, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, how much, can we, how much more can we walk in? Amen? So here's the new scripture for today. Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. Before I read you this scripture... How many of you know that understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it? Amen? God wants us to continue to understand. Understand not, not just who he is, but why he does things. Amen? 
what he's doing in the earth. There are so many end time scenarios that are out there right now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, like a, it's like Baskin Robbins, literally. There, there's like 31 flavors, even more than that. Okay, end time scenarios. Like, my goodness, which one do you go with, right? One thing I know, I'm still receiving a kingdom. I'm still receiving a kingdom. And until the Father comes back, I'm going to continue to do business until he comes. Amen? I would rather uh, uh, that the Lord come back and take me and say, well done. You finished. You did your thing. You did your purpose. You did what you were called to do rather than go to heaven and, and realize that there was so much more I could have done. I believe we will realize that. I believe that we will realize uh, how much we could have actually done in the earth, how much we could have actually encountered of God, how, how many people we could have actually, uh, uh, in essence, impacted for the kingdom. I believe that. I believe that we're accountable for the time that we have on the earth. Now take a look at Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. Are you with me? Okay, here we go, verse 1. Powerful uh, word that the Lord was giving to Jeremiah for the children of Israel, and it says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, in fact, I shared this particular scripture on one of our uh, devotionals. The Lord just highlighted this to me today. He says, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord, look at the clay in this potter's hands, and so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. And I believe this time of quarantine was exactly this part of Scripture to us as the body of Christ. That as the, the potter was, was molding something, it, it just collapsed and it became marred and it, was, it, was just, it wasn't what the potter had, had really designed it for. And like I said in, in the uh, devotional, isn't it beautiful that, that he just doesn't throw out the clay and get a new one? Isn't it wonderful that God didn't just throw you away and say, well, I'll start somewhere else? Isn't that powerful? Think about that. He could have done that. How many more people are there out there that God could have just, you know what? That one doesn't look that good, so I'm just going to put them aside. That one doesn't talk like me, so I'm just going to throw them up against the wall and start again. <laughs> but he takes that same clay same part, and it begins to reshape and remold. And I just believe with all my heart that there are many of us, hopefully, that have been reshaped and remolded during this time of quarantine, during these 57 days, and we still have time to go, church. And this whole thing isn't over. But you know what the, what the powerful thing is? Here, here's my, my thought about many other pastors and, and many other different uh, people that would say things like, 
you know, they were upset because certain do- churches closed the doors, and they would say, how can the church close the doors, and so on and so on, and I think you have to realize that this time was bigger than the church closing its doors. This time of quarantine was more than that. You see, the church didn't lose out by closing the doors like some would think that they closed the doors. I mean, we didn't close our doors. I mean, you know, rather than ministering to maybe 70 or 100, I think we're, I don't know how many were online, but glory to God, we just continue to minister and, and just present the gospel of the kingdom, but not just that, but just minister to people, call people, all that stuff. But the point is this, is that if, if we continue to think that our fight is with the government, if our fight is with the governor, if our fight is with different political parties, if our fight is with all those things, you have missed truly the understanding of this time of quarantine. You see, it wasn't about any of all that. Okay, all that was a sideshow. Ultimately, ultimately, here God was molding, God was shaping, God was forming. Why would he even do that with the church? Why would he continue to do that with the church? Why would he? Why not just come back and and take us out of here? Why, Why continue to do this with the church? For God so loved the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So here God, and I'm just going to read this to you. I didn't give this to them to put up, but this is, this is why. This is why I believe during this time specifically, Matthew 5, 13, it says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, and this is what I believe, I believe to a certain extent the salt had lost its flavor. The church, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So why, God, why why do you continue with the church? And the word says in verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. A city is set on a hill, cannot be, come on, hidden. And so in in many aspects, when the church isn't who the church is supposed to be, the church is hidden. Do you understand that? When the church is not radiating the, the light that the church is supposed to, the church is hidden. And so here there is an awakening that's happening within the body of Christ because God wants to set the church right on a hill because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and he's given many other people more time, but he needs his church to radiate. He needs his church to be the church. Amen? And so this is a time of a great awakening. You've even heard this. There's, there's a great awakening, but if you're waiting for all the, all the people out there, all the sinners and all the Gentiles to be awakened when the church is still asleep... Who's going to minister to them? Amen. Who's going to change their diapers, in essence, when they get saved? Who's going to, who's going to uh, minister and raise them up? You. <laughs> it's going to be the church. So who has to be awakened first? Who has to be awakened and shook in so hard so that their, their lethargic mindset becomes shaken to the core to where it no longer stays within them? Because here God is doing this thing within the church so that when those ones out there, when there is great awakening happening on the inside of you, 
those ones out there, those Gentiles are going to come taste and see that the Lord is good. Give the Lord a big hand. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Very simple scripture. It's a very well-known scripture. But to me, it's one of those scriptures that absolutely stand out and are highlighted during this time because of what God is doing within the church. Listen to me. When you hear other people talk about churches closing their doors and how dare they, when you hear other people that that are just making a a giant ruckus, listen to me. I understand that that the government does things that aren't wrong and there are things that that are happening out there, but if the focal point is going to be on what's happening out there, you are going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Jesus was looking over Jerusalem. And he began to weep. And he said, If my people had only known their time of visitation. And so church, I want this to be on the forefront of your heart for New Wine Ministries. As time continues, I just know that God is developing a people here. He's already developed a people here. A people that are hungry and thirsty for the genuineness of God. And God is going to use you. He's going to allow his glory to, and you know what, I know I'm saying it in Christianese, you know what I'm saying, God is going to allow his glory to flow through you, but these other people that don't know what the glory of God is, they're going to see it. They may not be able to express that this is, this is the glory of God, but you'll, you'll know that God is using you, and God is going to expand you, and God is going to, this is one of the, the other reasons why I expressed to you, is that Begin to search out the Gospels, just, just the plain Gospel of Jesus Christ, just salvation, repentance, and, and just begin to allow yourself to delve right into those scriptures and right into those teachings and give people the genuine Gospel because there's going to be many, many, many people. We're, we're getting people from, from uh, online that I, I don't even know where, they, where these places are. But they know English, and, and, and they, they are excited about what God is doing. But I'm so excited because of how God is using this house and how he's going to continue to use this house. You need to be ready for new things, to be used in new ways, in ways you've never been used before in the kingdom. Amen? Get ready, church. Get ready, get ready, get ready. (laughs) Hallelujah. Church, let's stand. Let's prepare our hearts for communion. There are communion cups right in front of you. Those of you that that are in the rows back there, front row, the the usher will come and, and give you communion cups.
Halleluja. Father, I have missed your people. I have missed seeing their faces. We need some extra ones right here, somebody. I have missed the people of God, and it does my heart just such joy to be able to see the people of God. begin to take a moment here and search our hearts before God. Father, that we can once again join together, break bread, and be in remembrance of you. Let's just go ahead and bow our heads before the Lord. Father, you see all things, you know all things, and Father, this is a time of remembrance, a time with my family, the family of God. That, Father, that we would come together, break bread, enjoy one another's presence, enjoy one another's smile, love on each other. And, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for this time of quarantine. Father, your word says, as we lift the bread, for I have received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you. Take and eat. Lift the cups. Father, we thank you for the power of your word. That, Father, the time of remembrance of what Christ Jesus has done for us, the sacrifice that was made for us, that we would be white as snow. And, Father, your word says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father, we bless you. And Father, we thank you for the power of your word. In Jesus' name, take and drink. The ushers will be coming around. Psalms 103, as Victoria prepares to sing this song, says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who 
satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Father, this is your people. And Father, as the shepherd of this house, dear God, Father, I bless them. I thank you for them. That, Father, that your fire would continue to burn bright in them, Lord God. Continue to consume that which is not of you. That, Father, that what is left, that which remains, is what can stand, is what will be there for eternity, is what others will see, is what will be drawing other people unto them, Lord God. And, Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this body of people. Father, we bless your holy name. We all said, Amen. Amen. In the pressing, in the pressing, you are making alive. In the soil I now surrender, you are breaking. Jesus, bring new wine out. 
bless the Lord this morning. Worthy to receive all glory, honor, and praise. Do that work in us, Father. Do it in us. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said amen. Have a beautiful Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.